Well, this past Sunday, you know, I shared a word with you about being strong in joy, that part of our strength comes from the joy of the Lord. And, you know, I just... I just feel like that tonight is a, a message that needs to be shared, and it needs to be said, needs to be talked about, and um, uh, I, I'm not going to undo anything that I said Sunday, but I'm, I'm going to add to, okay? And uh, so the Bible tells us, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Amen. It's true. And Jesus tells us that he wants his joy to remain in us. He wants our joy to be full. Amen. And joy is part of the fruit of the Spirit. And yes, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we all know that joy is for us, that it is part of the life of a believer. And we ought to have joy all the time. But here's something we also all know. We all go through times of sorrow. Oh, that's not shouting ground, is it? But everybody, everybody in here can say amen to that because sooner or later, we all have times where there's heartache, where there's trouble, maybe even tragedy. There's sad times, you know, and times when a loved one passes on from this life and we, we rejoice for them if they go to heaven, amen? But for us, we're still sad for ourselves as we, we miss them. We all go through those times of sorrow and sadness and I just, I just want to say this very clearly that it's easy to talk about joy, but um, sometimes it's hard to really have that joy because, you know, life just seems kind of unfair sometimes. And we, we go through a struggle or disappointment, some hurt, and uh, it kind of saps our joy and our strength. Sometimes uh, even spiritual people can find ourselves kind of down. Mm -hmm. All of us had things that have knocked us down, and uh, sometimes it's not just one event. Sometimes it's just the wear and tear of life and or, or disappointments and frustration uh, that, well, sometimes it's something that happens over years. You can have years of disappointment and frustration and it can just kind of wear you down and get you down. So I want to share with you tonight just some answers and what we need to do when we are down and how to deal with that. But I want you to know that it's normal to feel sad. I'm not undoing anything I said Sunday, but we all go through those times. And I, I want you, we're going to talk about it. We're going to see it in the scripture tonight. But uh, if, you, if you feel sad, if you feel sorrow, if you get down sometimes, that doesn't mean that you are unspiritual. Shame on you. See, the enemy of our soul, the accuser of the brethren, he, he likes to beat people down. He got you down, well, he's going to beat you down. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, that's the last thing that you need when you're down is to feel like you're getting piled on, you know. And so I, I just want to encourage you tonight that, yes, we all do get down, but guess what? God still has a way to bring us through to victory. And, you know, if we stay down, uh, then, yes, it can affect our 
relationships and our work and our health and our witness and even our relationship with God. But we just need to know how to overcome that and how to deal with it. I mean, believers are always supposed to have a deep down abiding joy, that fruit of the Spirit. But sometimes you don't feel joy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes maybe believers even get depressed. That's right. Now, I know all of us real super spiritual people, we're above that. I'm being sarcastic in case you didn't know. No, sometimes we get down and we just need to deal with it honestly so that we can overcome. And I think it's important that we understand that to, uh, to feel sad or uh, even to have depression uh, doesn't make you uh, a failure as a Christian. No, it's, and it's not a sign of personal weakness or lack of being spiritual, but it's just important that we deal with it so we can overcome. Isaiah 53 tells us this about Jesus in verse 3, that he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And yet Jesus had more joy than all his companions. But he was a man of sorrow acquainted with grief. He dealt with sorrow. He knew what it was like to hurt inside. The Bible tells us that he wept at the tomb of Lazarus. Now, most of you probably heard me talk about this before. Jesus wasn't weeping because Lazarus was dead. He told the disciples, he says, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that you might believe. Jesus was weeping because of the unbelief and all of the wailing that was going on at the tomb. And, but here's the thing, though. He wept, and he also wept. He lamented over Jerusalem how he longed to gather them to himself, and yet they rejected him. Jesus knew the heartache, the pain of being betrayed by a friend so much heartache and sorrow and pain that Jesus dealt with in his short time here on this earth. And yet he, in the midst of his sorrow and his grief, he still had joy. We talked about it Sunday. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And you see, we have to turn our times of sadness and sorrow into victory also that God still has a victory for us. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I just want to encourage you. You see, when you get down, listen, don't feel like you're a loser. Don't feel like you're a failure as a Christian because you know you're supposed to be happy and have joy all the time. But just realize this, that it's not over, that God still has a plan. He still has better days for you. He still has a victory that's coming your way. You know, we all go through the valley of the shadow of death sometimes, but we don't camp out there, amen? No, we're supposed to be moving on through that valley of the shadow of death. So many years ago, there was a young Midwestern lawyer, and I'm telling this story this way to just kind of throw you off, but uh, he suffered from such a deep depression that his friends thought it was best to keep all the knives and razors out of reach from him. And during this time, this man, he wrote, 
I am the most miserable man living. Whether I shall ever be better, I cannot tell. I awfully forebode I shall not. But somehow, from somewhere, Abraham Lincoln received the encouragement he needed and his achievements thoroughly vindicate his bout with depression. And you see, this is amazing because Abraham Lincoln by many is thought to be the greatest of all the American presidents. And yet he went through such a dark time of depression. Now, I just want to tell you, maybe if you've been down, well, maybe there's some greatness in you. But here's what I know, that I not only see it in history, but I see it in the Word of God, that there were many great men and women of God who went through a time where they were really down. Like Elijah and Jonah, wishing that they were, that, that they were dead. Like Job, who cursed the day that he was born. I want you to know that's pretty bad. That's pretty low. And yet, God used them so mightily one of England's greatest preachers. Most people have heard of Charles Spurgeon. Many times during his ministry, he went through a severe time of depression. And there's a biography written about him called The Prince of Preachers. And they said that he suffered such times of darkness that even his desperate calling on God brought no relief. Spurgeon said... There are dungeons beneath the castles of despair. Well, he's got a way with words, doesn't he? But you can't get much lower than that. Dungeons beneath the castle of despair. And yet God used him to preach to thousands and thousands were saved. I mean, it must have, his church must have been one of the very first mega churches. You know what I'm talking about? And, and yet, Today, still, people are reading his writings and uh, reading his sermons today. Still having an impact. And yet he went through such dark days and difficult times. And I'm saying all this to encourage you that when you go through a time like that, it's not the end of the story. And it doesn't mean that you are a failure as a Christian. Psalm 34 and 18 says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And I want you to know that many who have served the Lord have found that the Lord is especially close during those times. Many have found that, that, that they look back on those times and they realize that that was an in, intimate time with the Lord. Now, I also know that there are also those times when you go through that being down and, and it seems like the Lord's nowhere around. Well, he is. The scripture tells us very plainly that he is near to those with a broken heart. He's never far away from us. Isaiah 53 and 4 says this, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He bore our griefs and he carried our sorrows. In this same passage, it says he bore stripes that we would be healed. Now, you see, sometimes we get sick and we need to be healed. And sometimes we get down. We have sorrow and grief 
And we need our heart to be healed. We need our soul to be refreshed, to be restored. And I, I just want you to understand, you see, we... We shouldn't feel beat down and, and defeated because we got sick. <laughs> what kind of religious bondage is that? No, listen, we go through things like that. Sometimes we have a healer and sometimes we get down and we, we feel depressed maybe. I want to tell you, we have one who can restore our soul. And he, yes, he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. And you see, just like when we get sick, we appropriate the promises of God. Well, when we get down, we just need to appropriate the promises of God and believe and to trust the Lord that he'll get us through it. But you know, when you have lost a loved one or you're dealing with a long-term illness or maybe, you know, going through a divorce, uh, it can even be sometimes a loss of a job, all kinds of hurts and disappointments that, you know, come in your life and, and, and not all of them are overcome with just a shout. So we're going to go to Psalm 42, and we're going to work our way through this psalm. And at the heading of this song, it says, A Contemplation of David, a prayer when he was in the cave. Now, it doesn't tell us what cave it David was in here, but it's pretty safe to say that it was most likely the cave of Adullam. And this is where David went when he was trying to hide from King Saul when he was being hunted. And David goes into this cave and 1 Samuel 22 tells us that in the cave of Bedulam, everyone uh, that was in distress came there. Everyone that was in debt came there. Everyone that was discontented gathered there with him until there were 400 men who gathered in this cave. I just wonder what that smelled like. But 400 discontented, in debt, you know, distressed men are in this cave. I mean, and I just want to say, you know what? If, if misery loves company, these guys should have been really happy because there was a lot of them and a lot of misery in that cave. But I just want you to realize that, you see, sometimes when we're down, we kind of hang out with other people that are upset or other people that are down and, you know, we gather together. It really is kind of a thing, you know, misery loves company. But that's not really what we need. No, what we need is to be around brothers and sisters in Christ that can encourage us and strengthen us. You know, the Bible says to weep with those who weep. Now, let me tell you what that does not mean. That does not mean because you're sad, let's just get together and all cry. And we'll just all be sad and just get even sadder. What that means to weep with those who weep means that when somebody else is hurting, that yes, you weep with them, you're encouraging them, you're helping them, you're right there with them through it. Amen. That's what that means. It doesn't mean that we just, yeah, let's all just cry for you. On, that doesn't help anybody. No, but we're there to help one another through those times. That's what it's supposed to be. You know, one of the ways that you can get stuck in a, a, a cave of sorrow is listening to sad music. I know about this because when, when I came to the Lord, I had a broken heart. And you know what? I could hear one of those songs on the radio. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. I mean, hundreds of them. 
and I could get in my car and play them and the tears would go down my face. Until one day, I figured out that doesn't help. And I quit listening. I put away all that junk and I started listening to nothing but Christian music and worship music. And you know what? It helped me get out of that cave. Now, you know, Sometimes you need to change your music. You need to change what you watch. And, you know, you need, may even need to change some people you hang around. Right. Now, I'm not trying to give you a quick fix for being down or for depression because I know it's not always as simple as that. But I'm just saying sometimes you need to change some things. You need to realize that what you're doing is not helping you get out and overcome. And so sometimes you got to be willing to move, move on and change some things. Change your routine. I don't, I don't want to oversimplify. I know it's not quick and easy, but sometimes you got to make changes. Now back to our psalm. We're actually going to read the psalm here a little bit. He says in verse 1, he says, I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. The first thing you got to do when you're down is you got to pray. I know that's a no-brainer. I know everybody knows that. And most every believer, when you got down, you prayed. But I just want to encourage you in this, that it's important that you take it to the Lord, that you talk to the Lord about it. Yes. You know, he says here that he poured out his complaint. I, I don't believe, he, you see, when it says he poured out his complaint, I think some people interpret that wrongly. They think they, that David was complaining to God. There's a difference, a difference in telling God about your problem, telling him your complaint, and complaining to God. We don't go to the Lord and accuse him and act like he's done us wrong. In fact, I'm going to go against what some of the popular preachers of the day say. They say, well, just go ahead and tell God how you feel. I want to tell you something. When you talk to God, you always speak to him with reverence and respect, with godly fear. You, you don't talk to God in a way like you're casting blame on him. You don't let God know you're mad at him. I want to tell you something. You, you say, well, he already knows. Well, you need to get on your knees and repent if you're mad at God because God ain't the problem. No, I'm sorry, that's for somebody. But anyway, moving on, you need to pray. That's the first thing you do when you're down. And let me get this out here. You don't just do it, well, you know, I prayed that one day. No, every day you're down. Talk to the Lord about it because when you talk to God about something, that opens the door for you're inviting him to move and to work in that area of your life and help you. And so it's so important that you pray and talk to the Lord about how you're feeling and what you're going through. He's your answer. Well, here we go. You know, we get down. We tell our friends. That we're upset. We're sad. Talk to people. In fact, you can, uh, you know, if you need to, you can, you can get a professional and pay them so you can talk to them. And I, I'm not knocking that. See, sometimes I, I know sometimes people, listen, I'm, if that's what you need to do and what you, I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying, though, you can talk to him anytime. Amen. 
and you need to talk to him. You need to pour it out. You know, it says here that David cried out. I don't think that just means he was crying. I think he was, he was pouring it out. He was loud. He was talking to the Lord about what was going on here. And he says, my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then you knew my path and the way in which I walk. See, when you're down, your spirit is overwhelmed. People will tell you, well, maybe you, you just need to tell yourself, get up, get over it, you know, and just get on with it. Just, you know, give it a shout, move on. It's not always like that. But he knows our path. And he has not forgotten us. He understands where we are, what we're going through, even when we don't. See, we don't know why things are going the way they are, why we're in this situation, but we just need to trust the Lord. You know, we, sometimes we want to question God. You know, why did you let this happen or why doesn't he do something? David goes on, he says, They have secretly set a snare for me. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. See, David felt hopeless in this situation. He felt all alone. He felt like there was nobody else that understood or cared. Maybe they did, but that's the way he felt. And here's what I want to say about that. You may feel like there's no hope. You may feel like nobody else cares or understands. And your feelings are real. But that doesn't mean that it's true. Because I want to tell you, there are people who care. They're absolute. You see these people in this room right here? These people care about each other and they care about you. See, and I just want you to know, you may feel that way sometimes and your feelings are real, but it's not necessarily true. People do care about you. And let me tell you something else. There is hope. Amen. It may feel like there's not, but there is. Verse five, he says, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. See, he cries out. He knows where to turn. He knows the Lord is the answer, and we need to know that. Verse six, attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison. That's pretty low when your soul is in prison that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. So here he is, he's talking about how he's very, very low. And how, you know, you ever feel like you're just in a pit with no way, no way out? And yet David somehow, he says, I'll praise your name. He says, I know you shall deal bountifully with me. We need to remember, we sang about it tonight. The Lord is good. And, you know, David, in, in the, we sang that song tonight. In another psalm, he says, I would have given up. I would have lost heart if I hadn't believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so, you know, when you're going through that time, just remember, God's going to deal bountifully for you. He's going to turn it all the way around. But through this prayer, there's a glimmer of hope and faith begins to rise as he says, you shall deal bountifully with me. Now, I want to go to another Psalm of David. It's Psalm 13. 
He says, how long, O Lord? (laughs) That's one of those, you know, sometimes people have those things that last for a long time. How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? The Lord didn't forget. How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I've prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. See, here he's talking... It's, it's like, you're going to just forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? But then he, listen, here's where it all turns around in verse 5. But I have trusted in your mercy. And here's what I want to say to you next. See, when you're down, you pray. And here's the second thing. When you're down, you trust the Lord. You, you can't see any way. It seems like God's hiding his face from you. Trust the Lord. Just keep trusting in his mercy. He says, I will sing to the Lord. And we'll come back to that later. But for right now, I just want you to see this is so important that you trust the Lord. Now, why? Why are there so many Psalms like this recorded in the scripture? Not just David, but other psalmists as well. They they talk about how they were so far down and how everything was so terrible and it just dark days. And why is this stuff recorded? That's right, brother, for us. So we would understand, so we would know. You see, that even when we're feeling that way, even when we're going through those kinds of things, that God will bring us through. We're not the first. And it doesn't mean that we're not spiritual. There are people all through the word of God that dealt with heartache and trouble and sorrow. It's not always a quick fix. But if we trust the Lord, we will sing again. He'll deal bountifully with us. It will get better. He will be good to us. The turning point in this psalm is when he says, I've trusted in your mercy. So when you're down, you just keep trusting him. You know what? That's what Job did. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job got that right. He was going to trust God no matter what. That's how you get through the time of sorrow. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. So you trust Him with all your heart. You don't See, we always want to figure it out. Why is it like this? Why am I going through this? Why do I feel this way? Or why did this have to happen? Trust Him with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. You're not ever going to figure out all of the complexities of life. No, you just got to trust God through that time. He'll make a way if you'll just trust Him. And He'll show you. You see, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He'll direct your path. He'll show you what you need to do. Trust Him. That's the important thing. 
In Psalm 42, and this one I don't believe is written by David, but it says in verse 11, he says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Now, he says this very clearly to his soul. He says, hope in God. Hope is looking forward with an expectation. You see, no matter how low you might be, no matter how long this has gone on, hope. Keep looking forward with an expectation. And I'm not talking about hoping, you know, putting your hopes in man or in other things. I'm talking about hoping in God. When you're down, you pray, you trust God, and you hope in God. You keep looking forward, expecting, hoping, trusting, praying. The world will tell you, don't get your hopes up. They'll tell you to just face the facts. They'll say, this is as good as it gets. With God, all things are possible. So you keep your hope in God. You look to tomorrow, to the future with hope. And if you don't have hope, well, you need to go to the word of God. He'll give you back your hope. Psalm 119, 49 and 50, it says, Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. See, the word of God, it'll show you, it'll help you to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction for your word has given me life. I'm just telling you, you'll find hope in the scriptures if you're struggling with that. But when you're down, you're facing sorrow, you just keep hoping in God and never give up your hope because God will not fail you. You keep praying. It's not a quick fix, but you keep praying and never give up. You keep trusting him. You don't understand sometimes, but you don't have to have it all figured out. You just trust him anyway. And you hope in God, no matter how dark it seems. It's never too late with God. The last part is going to be quick, but we've touched on it in almost every one of these passages that we've looked at. But he says here, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Praise him. Now, I know that when you're down and you're feeling low, you know, you don't necessarily feel it like praising him. But you praise him because you know that he is God and that he's able and that he's good and that he will help you, that he will bring you through to victory. So you praise him even when you're low. As Hebrews says, you give him the sacrifice of praise. You just lift up that sacrifice of praise to him and you give him the praise even when you're hurting. Even when the tears are running down your face, you praise him and you give him the glory and the honor that's due him. Praise is so powerful. You know, sometimes even in that moment while you're praising him, the battle is turned. I mean, sometimes joy begins to flow. But as you praise him, whether you see it or not, there are things that are happening in the spirit. 
as you praise him and give him the glory and the honor. We just need to realize when we're down, he's not far away, but he's right there with us to help us, to comfort us. So we just keep looking to the one who bore our griefs and carried our sorrows and he'll give us the victory. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand with me.